Welcome to Tech Bytes with TechNext. Here, we bring to you a brief roundup of everything exciting about the tech space across Africa and indeed the entire globe. From startup announcements to new inventions and the latest buzz boosts on the social space, we will be sharing industry important highlights and exploring the news within the news. We will also be bringing industry experts to share opinions about major news for the week. And most importantly, watch out for our exciting future for this week. We are sure it will be an exciting session you won't want to miss. Let us begin. Hey, what's up, people? We are plenty in the studio today. <laughs> anyway, my name is Omole and welcome to another edition of Tech Bytes by TechNext. Um, as I said, my name is Omole and, um, you know, I have uh, on the other end, uh, Dami. He likes to call himself uh, the foundational tech bro. He's a, he's a bloody liar. He's going to give you that deep voice now. Anyway, so today is an open mic session and uh, we have two other people who are experts in the tech space. <laughs> <laughs> so as we usually do, we are going to be your newscasters, but this time we are going to have um, you know these two other people discuss the news, the biggest tech stories of 2022. Um, yeah, before we go on, um, we just want to tell you that we've um, given you 20 episodes, 20 episodes of Tech Bytes, 20, 20. You know, <laughs> um, I want to say thank you for you know listening, watching, liking, sharing, commenting. You know, you are the reason we keep doing this. Um, today will be a special edition, as I've already said, and we'll be reviewing the, the top stories of 2022, the ones that define the tech space. And um, I have with me, um, what's your name? It's a pleasure to be here. I know his name, oh, I'm not like that, um, you know. Yeah. I know talking about. <laughs> what's Ganyu? You're supposed to introduce me now. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Who doesn't know how to yeah, do it? Welcome. Anyway, so yeah, to get the, uh, the juice of it all, you need to stay with us, you know, till the very end. We're not going to waste your time. Uh, before we go on, remember, remember to subscribe uh, to t- on Tech Bytes. You know, we're on Spotify, Google Podcast. Um, you know, so you can even subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, everywhere. Um, Dami, anybody sponsoring this? Yes, we have our friends at Polygon and Whitebeats still doing this with us. Hmm. Now let's get to the major tech stories of 2022. Dami, do the honors. Alright, so first on the list we have Elon Musk and Twitter. Hmm. That, was, that was a long one for like seven months. It's still on. Remember it's still <laughs> <laughs> so for several months, right? I mean, if you don't know, Elon Musk is the new owner of Twitter. That's out there. Hmm. So for like seven months, I mean, okay, maybe not seven, but several months, like four months or there about, they back and forth on the new ownership of Twitter. Yeah. Elon Musk bought shares on Twitter. First, first step. It, first step. Oh yeah, don't you are you are a majority shareholder now? Yeah. Do you have full ownership? It's just said no. Okay, now nah, no problem. I'm going to buy everything. Started to buy everything, bid at 44 billion at some point. Maybe his God spoke to him mm. and he said, No, he's not buying the game. That Twitter, we're lying about their number. He now said he's overpriced. 
And eventually, what's it? Mm. Forty-four it billion. Forty-four billion dollars. Not naira. Aha. Naira kid. I mean, it's been it's been a roller coaster since he has acquired Twitter. I mean, lots of improvements, lots of um, new things, or lots of changes. Mm, improvements, damn it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What what has been what has stood out for you? You know, since this drama started. Yeah, for me, I would say it has to be the old dramatic takeover, and the fact that it started like it started as a joke, and nobody saw it coming. So just like this guy was just doing his normal Twitter banter and all, and it became the reality. It became the new owner, and we've seen a lot of stuff happen. And but one thing that really shocked me was the the old Twitter verification thing that he became paid, and it was I mean a bit shocking to me. Like ah. We never got to this point. I mean, this guy's mantra is free, free speech, and you're asking us to pay so you eight dollars. I will not pay. <laughs> yeah, you're asking us to pay eight dollars per month if you're using Android and web, and eleven dollars if you're using iOS. Tommy, what iOS user? Uh, well, the iOS problem is the tax, the extra thirty percent that Apple App Stores take for the in-app purchases that you make for any app. But I don't blame Elon Musk for trying to get money from Twitter. I mean, you guys just said he spent forty-four billion dollars on an investment. Nobody will send them. Uh, you should still make money off it. <laughs> a lot of people want to make money from the verification tag anyway. A lot of people want to be verified on Twitter, so they don't mind paying the money for the guys that want it. Oh, okay. I mean, and since then, I mean, the verification is not the only one that he has done. As well as verification, he has also brought back the accounts that were yeah, suspended, were banned, uh, Tate, that's Cobra Tate's guy, yeah. uh, Donald Trump, Trump, Kanye Trump, West, like Trump, Trump. <laughs> Kanye West and all. He had to really suspend Kanye. Yeah. Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, okay, it's over. Come on, be going. And uh, he, has, he started calling himself the chief tweet, you know? That's, that's his new role. Not I kind of like that name, though. I mean, it's pretty creative. So we usually say that um, you know Twitter is, Twitter led you know the content moderation you know mm -hmm. story and all of that. It forced Facebook to start you know rethinking its um, content moderation policies. You know some other platforms like TikTok too. You know they all follow you know Twitter because Twitter is strict about all these things. Uh, but they said it's one-sided. You know what do you guys think? They said it's one-sided. You know it is left. It is leftist. It is rightist. You know it is middleist. <laughs> They keep saying different things. But what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Well, well, the thing with these centralized social media platforms is that the big tech that owns it still has a say in the type of contents that they would moderate. That is why a lot of other people are hoping for the centralized social media platforms now, like the Mastodons and the rest. Yeah. But Elon Musk is still a human being. All the other people that you employed are still humans. All of them will have their own opinions. So even the content moderators will still swing left or right yeah, one, way, one, way, one, one way or the other. Yeah, Ganyu. Yeah. yeah, so, um, well, the thing is, you don't get to dictate to someone how he gets to run his company. And, you know, so that's, that's like one angle to it. And on the other side, I feel like... Um, there's a need for people to start looking at maybe possible alternatives from these big tech companies because truth is they would always do these things and the best we get to do as users is to complain but at the same time this these things will remain and they won't change and not and there's nothing we can do about it mm. yeah i mean 
Twitter, it's so lot of Pula Balu, Blablu, and, and others. Hmm. They're also not working remotely, so everybody's back to the office. We hope 2023 will be a, an amazing year for them, hopefully. Hallelujah. And for us, because we're all on Twitter. So. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, the next one. Ah, the Terra Crash. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Terra blockchain, which houses the Luna um, governance token and the UST um, stablecoin crashed in one of the most stunning fashions ever, dragging individuals and corporate institutions' investments with it, you know. <sighs> to put this more simply, Luna, formerly known, uh, formerly a top 10 coin by market cap, which peaked at $119 on April 5, fell almost 100% to a fraction of a cent. A sister coin, the UST, designed to stay pegged at one dollar lost the peg and plummeted as low as 13 cents hmm. the founder um who is also um the founder of terra also created the lunar foundation guard a consortium whose job it is to protect the peg the lfg bitcoin reserves had about 2.3 billion dollars yeah scam is that the biggest scam of the century not century right i mean <laughs> We had somebody that that was soft to that, <laughs> but we'll get to that. But the the whole problem with Luna started when a whale withdrew like two billion dollars from, I mean, worth of UST, and that crashed the. So UST is supposed to be pegged against the dollar, one UST to one dollar, but when someone withdrew two billion dollars, it affected the price and it reduced to zero point nine one. I know in the midst of this panic and everything, everybody started shilling their coins. Everybody started, nobody wanted to hold anymore. Started shilling it and it, prices just went down, 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 down. And this, I mean, increased UST while supply of Luna was so much out there. And I mean, the more the supply, the less the worth that. Did it even affect the crypto space at all? Did it do anything to the crypto space? Yeah, I think it did. Right, I, I really think it did affect the crypto space because prices went down significantly. Uh, I mean, as of now, or as of May, Luna was trading for 0 0.0001. That was like way, way off. And the big guys too, as well took plugies and everything during that era. As well as the respect or the pers perception of the crypto space. Right. If something that's supposed to be stable can crash, then why do you want me to invest my money in it? So it actually did lots of bad. Yeah. So the collapse, um, you know, the Terra ecosystem, including USD and Luna, will go down as one of the most painful and devastating chapters in crypto. But what do you guys think? Yeah. So for me, and, and I think Dami touched on that. Now the problem, uh, I mean, people like us, skeptics, crypto skeptics, skeptics like myself, the problem for us at wait oh, wow. is yeah yeah that's it <laughs> yeah but 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 the thing is people don't really trust that entire system so there, there are still a lot of doubt around it so system. yeah the blockchain system as well so the moment we keep having you know things like this happening and people's money you know just no, go down the go drain down. and no ways to like recover it and, and nobody's going to jail for it and because the whole, the whole system is supposed to you know you know find a way to fine-tune itself and there are, there are no there are no regulatory you know framework in place there is no sort of authority that controls what happens so you know it raises further doubt 
And if there's anything this year has taught me as a, a, a crypto skeptic, that's me that you know, you know what, yeah, you're on the right path. Don't bother wow, investing in crypto. Wow. Yeah, that, that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's crazy because forty billion dollars have been lost. I wanted to say that actually. Go on, go 40 on. billion dollars have been lost. Like Just to that people, people crash. Lost forty billion dollars worth of wealth because of Luna, Dera, the USD. Bruaha. It's insane. It's, it's insane. When when you, you, think, when uh, you hear figures like that, it just means people like Ghani would not consider investing <laughs> in, <laughs> in crypto. But even there are a lot of people that actually invest in crypto because they read that this is the in thing, this is the right thing, so this is the future of finance and all that. But they don't have the kind of knowledge that maybe some other people have. So when they will withdraw two billion dollars from a system like that, they, they get very scared. They do anything that the crowd is doing, and then that's not very good for the crypto space. Crazy. Uh, so Luna has come and that's gone. Mm. We hope there's no. They don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's go to. Back now, 2.0. But I don't think that. Yeah, true, 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 true. But let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next yeah. one. Yeah. So this year, uh, I mean, we've talked about something kind of good, uh, right? Hmm. Twitter. Hmm. Yeah, we talked about Luna, which was. Hmm, yeah, but it's not good for everybody. Yeah. We're, we're gone. But we're gone. I, the next one was was not good for anyone. At it was something that it's yeah. all across. Uh, that was the layoff season that 2022 experienced. Mm. It it was. It went from January till now. Five, five seconds. Off. Five seconds silence. For who? Sorry. For who that affected by layoffs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have startups like five Pepsi Four Gene, yeah. Nigerian startups like Quidax. These guys have. Have sacked people. Then you have some others who have taken salary cuts. Again, like Quidax as well, uh, Get Equity. These guys have taken slashes. You also talk about Kuda. Kuda has, I mean, sacked how many people? 23, right? Well, let's go of 54G. Even the CEO had to resign. Yeah, resign. Hmm. Yeah, to resign. <laughs> right? Whatever their motivations were. The companies kept saying you know, they needed to cut costs, harsh economic conditions, and everything, blah, blah, blah. And this is just Nigeria, across the continent as well. You have guys who are laying off numbers. Swivel, which is an African mobility startup, laid off about 400 uh, people. About 400. Then you have our Wave, who laid off like 300. Market Force, 54. These guys were. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's it's a lot. lot of that's a five seconds. Then you now talk about the global one again. Those ones. Those ones are in thousands. Ah. Meta laid off eleven thousand, right? But so that was just like three percent of the entire workforce. Yeah. Meta laid off its entire fifty percent. That's like three five out of seven k. And you also have some other big. Guys. The entire Netflix. African team. Netflix was we even doing it in batches, small, small, mm. batch one, batch two, batch. Three. So you didn't even know where you stood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we laugh, but it sad, was, sad it was stuff, a sad, sad stuff. one for the ecosystem this year. So for, for the Nigerian companies, many of them, or even the ones abroad, uh, uh, many, many analysts said that it's probably because, you know, they saw the boom 2020 brought, you know, and instead of, you know, looking at the future, they just decided, okay, this is our future, let's continue with it. But it may, that may not be their reality. What do you think? Um, well, I think a lot of everybody that let's staff members go everybody came out with a reason 
or the other most of them said they had over invested or over employed over recruited people in 2020 during the covid year other people said the inflation and some other people is um, competition like they just could not get enough profit to do it but yeah it was a terrible year all around in that regard and some other people invested in ftx but i'm sure that we still we'll still get there but at the end of the day the main goal of the company founders is to keep the company going to keep the business running but what i want to find out is how can they run now with 30 percent of their staff gone 50 percent of their staff gone then why did they employ these people in the first place mm. yeah. i think we kind of touched on that when we did our twitter spaces someone mentioned that many of these guys like you mentioned in the first statement overemployed in the covid year and you know after maybe they didn't do it well maybe people you should have brought on as contract staff you brought them on as full-time staff and now that there's no use for them again you're not like okay guys you know what you'll be safe you'll be good yeah i mean i i think that there's, there's a big lesson to learn here uh in terms of what leadership and what management should be in the startup so for many of the companies are laid off uh of course some of the reasons are pretty you know pretty much understandable because the global economic downturn affected everybody and there is no magic around it. The truth is, at, because of the boom that COVID brought, companies you know, made money and felt the need to expand into markets. But unfortunately, when COVID, I mean, COVID is still here, but when the whole thing, when it you know, drained it down somehow, and so that money, that revenue also came down. And they saw the need that some of the offices they created we're not even needed in the first so the, so the lesson there would be that uh you know founders you know owners of companies need to be much more strategic about ex expansion and investing and employing people because i mean if you employ a whole team for something like let's say one in single individual can actually do i feel it's needless we've seen you know some of these companies invest in in offices that they don't need employ people that they don't need so there has to be a rethink around, you know, what the company actually needs in terms of workforce, uh, in terms of, you know, how to engage people and how to expand as well. So it's one very key lesson that all of us should learn from there. Yeah, I think one reason that beaded their expansion, if you look at many of the startups, they raised millions of dollars this year. Talk about uh, Kuda is valued at about $500 million. Swivel valuation is about $500 million as well. Um, you know, Kuda recently raised like $55 million. I mean, this this is a lot of cash, right? So maybe they felt like, oh, we could do this. And I mean, yeah. just coming up again, just recently, we also talk about Softcom that has allegedly laid off 10% of its staff, is owing December salary, like November salary in December. Even last year, so it owed December salary as well. Uh, cheaper cash, which is also valued at $2 billion, has also laid off many employees. So. The thing never ends, and we just don't know where it will stop or when it will stop. And I really just hope it's soon. Hmm. I really just hope it's Amen. soon. Amen. Do we have yeah. a number though for you know? Number yeah, of about two hundred and thirty-nine thousand startups were let off this year from one hundred and twenty, one thousand two hundred and twenty-seven companies. That's a lot. That's a lot. Bro, two hundred thousand people. So five seconds silence will not even do it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> we should have done one minute instead. <laughs> anyway, what's the next one? Uh, Bankman Fried. Mm. The bank man your, who fried the account. Your guy. <laughs> it's, no, it's not my guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Bankman has been in the news and he was recently arrested 
um, for different reasons, except uh, you know one leading you know, and that was scam. Scam many people anyway. It was <laughs> lying to investors, lying to customers about uh, you know how their accounts were going and um, you know all of that. But following the con, three hours capital and um, alleged machine keys trajectory for outrageous misbehavior in the crypto space this year. Bankman fried Samuel Bankman fried So you know his name. Sam. No, no, Sam. it's Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> so in the future, in the future, if you hear his name, he should run. Run. And his company FTX, you know, fell from grace. You know, they were the second um, crypto exchange, yeah. Yeah. second largest uh, crypto transactions. Yeah, yeah transaction. Yeah, so a lot of things. You know, we're just mismanaging funds. You know, moving funds and then you know all of that and you know that killed became the politician of, <laughs> of, a, of a popular country uh, and that killed you know uh the the company itself um of course it's now former former ceo mm-hmm. there's somebody else there uh but he actually caused the downfall of other companies too and you know it caused a ripple effect you know in the crypto space it also started with um you know when binance uh, binance you know um, announced that they wanted to in a tweet uh, we have announced i want to you know buy um ftx and uh, but is it was it a few weeks or a few days after they said mm-mm, mm-mm. Buying again. <laughs> we are not doing again this i think they saw the account they saw what was going on and you know they like okay this is not happening um but what do you think what do you think you know what what kind of effect of course we have really seen some of the effects of um, you know what the ftx um, drama has caused but what do you think um this would um, cost in the long run well first when i see sam bankman fried or, <laughs> or sbf as is popular popularly called it looks like a villain you know it just looks like a character out of uh-uh. out of a movie <laughs> the way it looks i'm serious but but this whole ftx drama i think was probably was the new that the coffin of the crypto space did not need this year mm. after the luna after luna yeah, people that were still on the fence after luna happened yeah, ftx yeah, just cancelled everything for them because even the other big players in the crypto space like the binance all of them are staying away from ftx they're like you know this guy this is a criminal true and true he mismanaged funds and this is this are investments these are their lives that we're talking about very bad very bad it for the for the crypto space you want to hear the take of a crypto skeptic again <laughs> yeah so uh of course, as much as, you know, the crypto space has so much potential and that even some of us that will not want to invest in crypto, we see this potential. There is always a need for some sort of, you know, uh, regulation around it. And that's why the idea of a decentralized, uh, you know, exchange and this whole thing is not something that would really appeal to people now because, I mean, um, of course, this is, we're talking about people's money, people's lives here. Yeah. Yeah. and life savings. And the fact that it feels like these people can actually get away with it. Because it got to a point that I felt like this guy was not going to face the consequences of his action. But I, you know, of course, I heaved the sigh of relief when I heard that he was arrested. And hopefully, you know, he is brought to justice. But of course, it's not, it's, not, it's not a good thing for the crypto space, especially when we still have a lot of people that have doubts around the space. But of course, like, uh, like, like, like with, every, with every development, there's, there's a lesson to learn. And there's an opportunity to bounce back. So, hopefully, we're looking at 
2023 will be a better year for the crypto space. Good luck to all of you that are there. <laughs> I mean, even, even beyond skeptics, you know, the perception of crypto, the numbers were not encouraging as well. I, I mean, Bitcoin lost 17% of its total worth from like 1 trillion to like 875 billion dollars within days. Like, it was, it was insane. <laughs> I mean, Bitcoin slipped below 18,000, uh, 16,500 yeah. for the first time since. In two years. Yeah, since maybe 2020 or there. Two years. That was the lowest. Anyway. That was the lowest in recent time. So, all of this just shows the ripple effect that these things can have. People were withdrawing, like massively withdrawing their money. Like, more than 90,000 crypto, a Bitcoin, were withdrew from all the exchanges within that week like you can't you can't you can't see that kind of headline and you know still want to that's like three billion dollars so they they just went the way of um, this man i'm sure he was their advocate advocate of crypto skeptics (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's go to the next one we're all gonna make it eventually i mean if you do your research not financial advice but we're all gonna make it wag me wag me right next next so nigerian fintech startups it wasn't just layoff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just um, market downturns and everything. They also had regulatory issues this year, especially in Kenya, which is interesting. They didn't have regulatory issues in Nigeria. Mm. They had in Kenya. You know Nigeria now. I must say more than that. <laughs> so uh, uh, mm-hmm. at some point, accounts of the unicorn, the Nigerian fintech unicorn, Flutter Wave was frozen or based on an order from the High Court in Kenya. And why? They were said to be under investigation for money laundering accusations uh the ara asset recovery agency that's filed the order for the court to to pass uh that the accounts were used for money laundering activities rather than the merchant service that mm-hmm. he wanted that they said that he said he's using it for something like that all right so it wasn't just flutter it was affected several other companies were affected yeah flutter payment technology Box trip, travels and tours, limited back trip travel, Etivalat, Adguru, Pessy, Cruise Ride, and one Simon Ingige. Uh, another flutter, another iCourt, Kenyan iCourt, froze fund $3.3 million in three separate bank accounts and some 19 Safari Common Pesa num- bill numbers belonging to Flutter Wave as well, following, you know, this credit card fraud and money laundering again. Money laundering. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just Flutter Wave. I mean, at some point, Corape uh, was affected, Kando was affected. It felt well, like witch hunting. <laughs> yeah, all of them have been cleared though. Yeah, they, make, they said it immediately happened. They made um, the Kenyan High Court, you know, froze their account. Uh, we yeah, are not money launderers. They have uh, nothing. They got nothing against us. Yeah, <laughs> and the Flutter Wave one was coming on the back of the old Flutter Wave. Problem, exactly, exactly. Would, I mean, get to. So well, people, so we had we had people say uh, that's how they do. That's how African companies. People say, are you know. speculating. Mm. Like, yeah. You don't even know what is happening at the you know the backyard, and you're already saying that oh this yeah we believe we believe the Kenya High Court, we believe ARA, and that was not the case. You know, this ones came out and said we are operating we are operating legally, we are not doing any fraud. There's no money laundering happening with our platform, you know. Um, but you know, people are going to say what they're going to say, That's like nice. Anu and Tomo will tell us what they want to say now. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is part of the problem that we have with 
government or regulatory agencies right you come out like that to make an allegation and you don't have a tight case exactly because you come you drag these companies in the mud and then good courts courts make some decisions and the reputation at the end of the day you find out these guys are not guilty and then you clear them but then their reputation has already been dragged exactly. through the mud like you mentioned yeah. a lot of africans already came out to say oh african companies this is how they do this is how they do but then it turns out that this was not how they were doing you get so i think before government should come out and just come and do things like this no matter the country be sure that your case is tight. Do a media trial. Well, right, but just, just be sure because at the end of the day now, the ARA will continue to be the ARA. Tomorrow they can come out and tackle Still another company out. like that and they can get the but flutter with some people, that is what they will remember about 2022. Like, yeah. you know what, flutter with her. That time they say they've mm-hmm. criminal. So even if the people will still just have that back of my mind and those companies can do without that drama they can do without it so the government should just i don't know if you saw the letter that they you know they you they you know put out there to announce that okay we have cleared crappy and candon it was very brief one paragraph i'm like what you mean that you drag these people for several months and, and you're just coming to say we found nothing no 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 you're going to tell us you have to give us more details but what do you think what do you think um the whole thing follows like a very disturbing pattern and for me, at some point, it, it became like maybe they were witched on Nigerian startups. That was what I saw it at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, why were Nigerian startups the target of this whole thing? And, you know, like you guys said, the fact that you get to drag them in the mud, you get to put their reputation at stake, and at the end of the day, you get to clear them of, you know, these same allegations. And so, you never had a case in the first place. So, what, what was the intention? So, now, the, the intention of the ARA at this point will be questioned that, what were they trying to achieve? Was there some political motive there? Or was there some beef between Nigeria and Kenya that they thought, okay, this is our opportunity to get back? Honestly, because um, if, if there's anything, um, it shows that the regulatory environment, largely in Africa, is still a, a bit hostile for startups. And if we continue to go this path, would would you know send a very wrong signal to investors. Because who would want to put a money in a startup when you're sure that one day one ARA or one is one similar agency can come up and accuse the startup of money laundering of any of that. At the end of the day, after the old messy scandal and all of that, you come out and you say, eh, we made a mistake or mm. based on our findings or based on fresh uh, facts that we've uh, you know, gathered over time, we've seen that these people are not guilty as charged. Okay, closing their accounts for months. And so, what's, so who's going to repair you know, the damage that has been caused in the media? So, uh, so African leaders really need to go back to the you know, the drawing board and rethink what the regulation environment should look like because this is not, it doesn't look good at all. Just in case you are wondering, Ganyur is the go-to guy for policy and regulation. That's why I keep talking about regulation. <laughs> 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 like, <bah>, <laughs> Anyway, let's go to the next one. Um, the bad bosses. Bad bosses. Mm. Bad guys. <laughs> the bad guys. Bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so it started with accusations in an article by David Ondain. In the Medium Post, you know, by Clara Wanjuku, uh, Clara had been uh, had been an employee at Flutter Wave, all right. And these two articles raised important questions about culture, ethics, governance at Flutter Wave. Yeah, the article was titled "Flutter Wave: The African Unicorn Built on Quicksand." That was such I an mean, interesting. Yeah, interesting time to know that. Yeah, and it was about you know the co-founder and CEO of Flutter Wave. Uh, Olubenga Gbola accusing him of fraud, perjury, insider trading, 
and several others. We did a podcast on that, so you can go back to check it about yeah. the inside of that reading. Spotify, Google Podcasts. Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it also alleged that Agola did not resign. What he was saying was that Agola did not resign from his job as head of Digital Factory at Access Bank, Access Bank yeah. while he was at Flutterwave. And also, Aboyeji, Aboyeji was a gen CEO, was a co-conspirator, and I testified allegedly. <laughs> and has testified alongside Agbola and the Access Bank CEO about Wigway before the US Securities and Exchange Commission SEC on that oath that Agbola never did work together with Access and Flutterwave. Flutterwave denied the claims, of course. Yeah. Uh, were they going to say the yeah they denied the claims and all <laughs> were they going and to say I, I that i feel like this just opened like an old-blown tank of yeah. problems yeah and discussions that maybe were long overdue yeah then he started having take about expose on vento africa, africa where they talked about ebon kubanjo the ceo or the gen ceo or the ceo now because on his linkedin he's still the ceo so yeah he was accused of being an orchestrator of Direct and indirect bullying, verbal abuse. Of course, we know we saw a video verbal abuse. It was a whole lot. It was a whole lot, and he was asked to resign, to take some time off, and take some time off, and drop to his CEO. And you know, it was a whole blown talk on social There's media. There's also rice vest. There was rice vest. Elian Yaike was accused of sexual improprieties, <laughs> and he was asked to step down as well. But I'm not sure. If Oh yes. Mm. Uh, on paper, maybe he did on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this all this all started like an entire conversations on bad bosses, horrible bad bosses in Nigeria, and it expanded from not just tech startup. I mean, lots of tech startup were mentioned. If you join those Twitter spaces or you yeah. following those conversations that year, Twitter trends. It was it was a lot. Danny, what were you feeling during the that era? Yeah, I mean, I think I even wrote an article about it uh, uh-huh, when sure. when the rice vest uh, case happened, because he, he he followed a very very worrisome pattern that it looks like maybe because of the flexible nature of the tech ecosystem, it looks like people can do these things and get away with it. But you know, uh, but, but 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 interestingly, <laughs> it's you know the the reason why you know this is an issue is because because. In tech, we in the tech space, we can still people are still very vocal. In traditional companies, these things are like a norm. Yeah, like you know, you know, you do understand workplace bullying, they're just like a normal thing. So, I, so uh, you know, big up to everybody who spoke about it because it was very important that you know we 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 bring this issue to the front burner. And mm-hmm. if there are possible way where we can, you know. Uh, maybe look at policies. I mean, I, I would continue to amend that. That if there are policies that because 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 really, um, when we have you know an ecosystem that is run by young people, that supposedly should have you know better understanding of how to treat people, uh, because we're all young people, yeah. And so it is. So it's, it's hilarious that would have you know cases of workplace being social impropriety, and you start wondering that then what exactly is now special about the tech space. Really, I mean, you start looking at that. What exactly is special about us? Because if we can't even run companies properly without one person making the headline for the wrong reasons every every week, no. So it's it's, it's so it's one very important uh, conversation, and I'm glad that you know it came to the spotlight and people will continue to talk about it. So uh, we can only hope that you know going forward we we'll have lesser cases of that, and you know we see possible ways that people get punished. I feel that it's very important that people get punished for these things 
don't just ask the CEO to step down. You will step down. You might, you might be part of the board of the of the startup, and he doesn't get punished, and and nothing really happens. And the victims are left to suffer. They are the receiving end, and nothing happens to them. They are not compensated. They are not rewarded. They don't get anything. So I feel that you know. So it's very important that we look at possible ways to see to put some deterrent measure there. So if you know that you have, you you know you're guilty of these charges, you get punished for it. And others will not do the same. Okay, if if people don't know, Tommy Wo is the editor of um, you know Technex. So I'm asking him in his capacity as um, you know the editor, so as a leader in your team. (laughs) (laughs) Speak from that capacity. What do you think about? Because I know what I wanted to say. Right? I just I wish you did not say that just now. Oh, I'm and I'm not apologizing for the leaders that bullied or not, but part of the issues is that the tech space is very competitive right and it's about numbers so this guy i remember reading that uh, article about Ebon and part of what he said was how we need to get results no matter what it should not be no matter what right but the idea is valid sort of you should not have to resort to bullying to get the numbers that you need you should not get to resort to bullying to get the results that you want but his own case was always telling people that no matter the time I call you, you must answer. When I ask you to yeah. do this, you must do it. must be done. If you don't do it the way I want you to do it, then that is a problem. It should not be like that. Leaders need to find a better way to communicate these feelings to their colleagues. And I remember part of the article, some people that actually worked there came out to say, um, if you cannot undo it, then you should go. Right? Some people said they understand that. They said, I think the particular line was, it's not for everybody. Like some people yeah, can actually handle it. Exactly. So I think part of the peculiarities of the tech space is that you want numbers, you want results, you want money, you want sales, whatever it is. That is why these guys go out of their way to extra drive and then it actually crosses a line. There should be a line, like can you said. Yeah. Like if you've not mentioned solve problems, so it means that are you saying that they're not solving problems? Too? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I think that's it, uh, Dami. Yeah, that, that brings us to the end of, of the talk and our conversation for today. Uh, like we mentioned before, this will be our last podcast for 2022. So this is, I mean, uh, Tomiwa is on Christmas card, so we're wishing you compliments of the season. Uh, Merry Christmas in advance. You just need white beer, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this will be our last podcast. We thank you for being with us on this journey. 20 yeah. episodes, that's a lot. Thousands of views. Thank you, thousands of guys out there <laughs> who have listened. We're going to be back next year, definitely, right? Of course, of yeah, course. Yeah, more interesting course, conversation. You know. So you can use the Christmas holiday to catch up on all the past episodes. Yeah, binge, listen. Okay, binge, yeah. <laughs> binge, listen. I'm crying, I just put this in your ears. Yeah. Listen on and everything. Thanks to the guys at the back end, Emmanuel, David, uh-uh. shout out to you guys. Even the shout out now. They are doing, <laughs> they are doing strong men. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha male. Yeah, so uh, if you have not followed us, followed us, follow us on Technext, uh, technext.ng, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, mine is Afdown07, Ganyu. It's just at Ganyu Learn Tidy on Twitter. Uh, and everywhere. Tomiwo, but 7 instead of T. Okay. Uh, okay, just look for Amole Omori on Twitter. And everywhere you will find me. Wow, so proud. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> to come against to your ears and your eyes next time. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your year. Yeah, be safe.